everyone, welcome back to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We've had a, a few weeks off, but I think we're back for episode 41 of um, our little Monday, well, our little Monday, Tuesday soirees where we record these and then bring them to you. Um, whether you're watching on YouTube or downloading and having the listens on iTunes or Spotify, a nice review would really help us get um, pushed by these uh, big media companies. I'm Steve Lillis, as usual, my co-host, John Evans. Uh, you summering well down the road in Oldham, John? Yeah, I'm not bad at all, Steve. Busy. Not, not all of us have been uh, able to have a few weeks off. You know, some of us have been hard at the grindstone, but I'm glad to see you back with that tan. I'm back, mate. I'm back. Let's see what you've got to tell me tonight, mate, about boxing and who's getting the facts of life tonight from you. Um, And our guest this week, a man who's very much still chasing British title aspirations, Liverpool boxer Tom Farrell. Tom, thanks for coming on tonight. Um, Steve Wood wants a few of his boxers on and he says you're the man to, to, to lead the way and set the standard. So there you go. Thank you. Big, uh, big shoes to fill in. <laughs> so, Steve was telling me you're you're back in action next fr- Friday. Is it November the third? Oh, sorry, September the first. September. Yeah. Yeah. September. Are, are you still at super lightweight, or is this going to be a, a well to this next fight? Yeah, I am going to be uh, going to be campaigning at super lightweight, but I think this is going to be a little bit heavier. Um, I think he said he was struggling to get opponents because. There's that many shows on yeah. uh, in the in September, and there's people all over the place, and I think that it might have to be some some sort of foreigner. But um, yeah, it's probably going to be a little bit heavier, but um, it is what it is. Probably probably shoot me after that long out of the ring, really. Yeah, you've been out a long time. I'm just looking at that Masha dog unfortunate cut loss was way back yeah. in November 2019. Is there still hopes for the rematch, or is it one now that might have missed the boat, so so to speak, at the at the moment? I think so. I think it's probably uh, I think it's probably Mr. Bolt because I don't know whether he's actually still boxing. Um, I think he's probably sort of found life outside of boxing. Um, as probably a lot of pros have with having yeah. that long out the ring, but I've obviously stayed in the gym throughout and I, away from the gym as well, like personal training and stuff like that. So I'm always in the gym. So I've been taking over the whole time and been you know staying active. So I'm hoping it's not going to feel like I've had that long about the ring because uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to fight now. I'm looking forward to Are you, are you getting a manager's to... licence as well? Um, I haven't, I haven't got, gotten on yet. Uh, I, am gonna, I want to do my trainers and probably yeah, be managers as well, yeah. Yeah, to be fair. But Steve did, did mention like maybe doing a manager's licence down the line. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mentioned because he said to me he thought you'll be, you know, a good manager of fighters as well. So that's why yeah. I asked you that question. How yeah, yeah, no, before, Tom, and he reckons, uh, what's this? You're going to be this show's going to be the first ever virtual reality 360 yeah. degree show that's ever been in Britain. Yeah, he's getting a, he's getting a team to come in and, and, and do do something a bit funky with with it. And you know, we've got I think we're planning on getting a DJ as well. I've, I've been helping them organise that. So. Yeah, I think we're gonna make it a little bit larger. You know, get the Olympia bouncing on uh, next Friday. Yeah, this is mad. The the virtual reality. I think they're gonna release details of it this week. But um, the company that done it, they also did the Wilder Fury two fight. They're doing some football clubs. It's, it's quite they're quite a big company in it. But they wanna they, they wanna try this at boxing first. And hey, and you know me, John. My, I love my music. But um, and I know Tom. Tom. Tom I know Tom's behind this. But um, there's a house music DJ. 
what's all that yeah. about? You know, this is, you know, Woody's going too trendy on us all. I prefer <laughs> a bit of Steve Sweet Caroline or a bit of rock and roll. Tom, Tom's a bit, of a, a bit of a jam fan, you know, Steve. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but now we're talking. <laughs> I, mean, one, I think one, one time Steve actually had, had me coming out to the Beatles. I'm sure it was my debut. I don't think we got a choice. He just put a Beatles song for me, for me, for me entrance music. I was like, ah, oh, didn't go down well. Um, <laughs> so when he was talking about music, I had to leave, leave that to us. Then we'll sort that. Yeah. I'd say it was Steve with music. If, if you ask Steve who was number one, he'd still think it was George Formby, let alone the Beatles. That he, He's going back even further. Anyway, we better start talking boxing. Um, how this works, Tom? Um, we have six topics, three minutes each round. And at the end of the three minutes, John can get a bit angry because what happens, John? John, do you want to get the timer on? You're the timekeeper as usual. And uh, round one, you, as always, you start us, John. Yeah, let's go. Um, so Manny Pacquiao obviously fought this weekend, lost to Ugas pretty clearly, I thought. And he looked at, I thought he looked a bit of a shadow of himself. You know, he finally got old, Manny, didn't he? But rather than praise him and say, oh, you know, what a, thing, what a fighter he's been for the sport, what an ambassador, I was wondering what your favourite version of Pacquiao is. Because you could argue he's probably had three Hall of Fame-worthy careers. It's it's ridiculous when you look down his list of opponents. And I was I was looking this weekend, and for me, it's when he was a super featherweight. And there was a five-year yeah. period where he thought, Morales three times, Barrera twice, Marquez twice. Fights like Oscar Larios just get overlooked and forgotten now, but what a win that was. Um, and I think at super featherweight, he had that hunger, the fire, that left hand used to come from horrendous angles he could put anyone down at the blink of an eye and I just thought that was that was the best Pacquiao for me I know he, he flattened Hatton and he beat Cotto but at super featherweight I, that's the Pacquiao that comes to mind for me couldn't uh, couldn't couldn't have put it better really I think when when I was having a little look and you know them fighting it with synergy with Marquez uh, with uh, yeah with what's it called not Marquez I'm exactly Marquez he had four, four now with four. Marquez well, but Morales them early days ones where they was they were putting putting each other down left, right, and centre, and then obviously Pereira in the mix as well. That was a it was a, some period where there was there was he was like next level where he was based onto the scene in them years. I think, and you know, he's, he's obviously still being a high high profile elite fighter since then. But I think they they were probably his best. Yeah, I mean, I, I went through them, and of course that that super featherweight era when they were, you know, he was. You know, he was so dominant to dominate such a hot division for for as long, John. But I, I, I'm going to go a little bit further on. I love the 2009 version of Pacquiao when he when he when he beat Ricky Hatton and then when he beat Cotto. That's when I because, you know, Cotto, I absolutely, I think, you know, John, I adored Cotto after a van der Holofield. He's up there as my, you know, demigod in box, you know, as a demigod. And I just thought the job he, he did on Cotto that night was something else, you know, that, you know, then him, Hatton, you know, the po- the post De La Hoya, that, that year or so post De La Hoya, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And that is when we should have got that Floyd Mayweather fight. And because yeah. if it had happened then, I think there was a real chance he might have beaten Floyd Mayweather at that time. I know a lot, not many will agree with me. That's just my belief. And I thought people talk about the, the concussive hat and knockout, but that night against Cotto, he was something else. And don't forget, a lot of people went into that fight believing Cotto would beat him. Yeah. It was yeah. Just, but like you just said, then the concussive hat and knockout that night, God, he was frightening, wasn't he? You know, um, 
Ricky couldn't live with him. I know Ricky had an horrendous camp and stuff, but my God, you know, what the most devastating performance maybe of the last 15, 20 years there. Uh, round two, we'll, we'll stay on the Pac-Man topic because it's been such a big discussion in boxing over the last few days. Will Money box again? Um, I just wonder, obviously, what you two guys thought of it, think of that. I, I th I've got a hunch he will box again um, because... <laughs> He always seems, there's always rumours that why well, he's not skint, he always needs income. There's a lot of people on his payroll. And I don't think we're going to sit, we're going to see him fight the divisions, you know, should we say, you know, elite, you know, the wrecking machines, we want to call them that, like Spence and Crawford. But I certainly think we're going to see him maybe have one or two of these money fights, maybe in the Middle East or something, um, before he does bow out. Because... You know what? There's still going to be a demand for him to fight again. Maybe, maybe Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Qatar, these sort of places. I, I just think we are going to see him in again. The fact he only said 60-40, and I, I saw, I didn't read the article just before we started recording this. His great friend, Boo Boy Fernandez, who's in the corner, I saw a headline suggesting he should box again. I've got a feeling we'll see him again, because that wasn't an outright denial when he said it's 60-40 by any stretch. And usually, you know, especially even half an hour when he said that after the defeat. I wonder what you guys think, whether we're going to see him again. I, I think looking at his, he put a post on Instagram and it was very much like reflective of his career and thanking everyone for the support over the years. So I don't I don't really think he's going to come back. But as you said, um, when he talked, doesn't, you know, maybe if, he's, if he comes back and fights one of these poor fellas or someone like that, and he's going to have everyone calling him out, isn't he, after that? And it wasn't the best performance we've seen off, off Pacquiao by a long stretch. So, you know, people will be trying to get under his skin and, you know, try and tempt him into a, into a bit of a fight. But I think it was a good job. Spence wasn't in there with him the other night, wasn't it? Because, you know, he's a, he's a different animal to you guys. I think it would have been a bit, a lot different. I, I, I'm with you, Tommy. I, I don't think we'll see him fight one of the top names, but one name comes to mind straight away, doesn't he? Conor McGregor. If someone offers him $50 million to fight Conor McGregor, it's going to happen. And it wasn't like... The end of Muhammad Ali's career where Trevor Burbick and Larry Holmes yeah. were knocking bells out of him. You know, he was still competitive, wasn't it? Yeah. If he got back yeah. in the ring again, it wouldn't be one of these things where people were saying, oh, you know, fearing for him. You know, he's still got a lot left, man. He didn't look completely shot. He just looked like he can't compete at the top level anymore. But it's just timing and that, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just timing, just... It's just the interview I saw after it, and I just watched it again at the start of the interview. He sort of hinted at retirement, and then 30 seconds later, he's saying 60 40. As you say, there's these Conor McGregor fights. You know, there could even, you know, uh, it's unlikely, but there'd even be money in him fighting Amir Khan or someone in the Middle East or something. There's still a lot of money for him to be made without him getting hurt. Round three, your, your first topic, Tom. You want to talk about Olympic boxing? Yeah, you, you just threw me with the, the topics. There was that many things going to talk about. I was like, oh, that's sweet talk. But maybe a little, uh, a little look back at the Olympics and you know some of some of the, the talent. That's what that's going to come through from from our GB Olympic team. There was a uh, some standout performers event, but I think I think every one of them could could well do, come and come in and do a job as as pros. And I think you will start to see that. He will start signing, you know, you've already got Peter McGill who didn't have the best uh, the best of starts for in, in the in the in the Olympics, but 
Nou, wie zou dat hier nog altijd zijn? Of nou, ik denk iets voor het baby kan zo dan aan uh, 9 oktober. Ja, yeah, God, there's a long list of people, British fighters there, who could, could and should go on to be world champions. And the thing that I'm hoping is that we don't get held back and we don't get delayed. I think it seems to be um, a theme with British fighters where, look at Luke Campbell. I think Luke Campbell's a perfect example. Luke Campbell was held back way too long. You look at the guys from Ukraine, Kazakhstan, they're competing, you know, but they've been fighting at this elite world level of the amateurs for years. And then they get held back and they're fighting journeymen. These Kazakhs and Ukrainians just get thrown straight in. And I think yeah. fighters like Galal are more than capable of being moved really quickly. And I just hope this current batch get pushed. Let them off the leash. Let Ben Whitaker fight some big names straight away. Look, Joe Joyce didn't hold back, did he? Joe Joyce fought in Lewis on his debut and look what he's doing. Uh, I think Joe Joyce is the blueprint for these guys to follow now and not the Luke Campbell thing. But with some yeah. phenomenal talent and I, I don't see how we can fail, really. Yeah, I think... Um... I, I'm not disagreeing with you, John, but I think one reason Joe Joyce was um, pushed so quick was his age and the mammoth experience he had. I think he had 14 or 15 fights in the WSB. And I think he lost to Usyk. Was that his only defeat? Or if there was, there was only one more defeat. I think that, that his age and that experience and fighting all over the world for so long was a reason he, he, he has been pushed for quick. And that's what so quick. And I think that's what you would certainly see. The one... The one Olympian who will be pushed quick, and I think he wants it just from things he was saying a few months ago. Um, he's looking for an in and out in a few within a few years. Is Fraser Clark because you know he's been around the you know, he, he when I say been around the block, he's not ancient, but Fraser Clark certainly someone you could put in with a really solid British level opponent in his first fight. Say, um, a Nick Webb, for example, in his first fight, I think Joe Joyce fought um, Ian Lewison in his first fight. As I think you can go that with him. I can see people tuning into Whitaker and they might and they might stretch his career out a bit because I think there's going to be that sort of we love him, we don't like him. So I think you'll see that career stretched out a bit. And, and I didn't watch a lot of the Olympics, John, but Yafai... And I'll uh -huh. stop. Yafai was fantastic, yeah. Round now, four. Uh, yeah. The next Over topic is um, cracking America. Now... I think a lot of boxing fans underestimate just how difficult it is to, to become a big star in America. Um, it's one thing sending a guy away as a mandatory challenger or a voluntary and against a big name and getting beat, what little payday. But to get a showcase, <laughs> then I, I, I think it's really, really difficult and really rare. And I know there's been a lot of criticism, maybe puzzlement about what Daniel Dubois is doing on the undercard of this Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley fight this weekend, but I just think it's an absolute no-brainer. It's a penalty kick to put him on this. The number of people watching this is going to be ridiculous. And as sad as it sounds and as crazy as it sounds, maybe outside the very elite of boxing, this is as big as it gets at the moment. You know, this Jake Paul phenomenon, for some reason, has got, got legs. And I think it's perfectly sane for Dubois to be on it. The other good reason for Dubois to be on this is the, the generation who are going to be watching this Paul fight, they want quick, exciting moments and spectacular happenings and controversy, don't they? And if he's one fighter who's capable of producing a highlight reel knockout that's going to go around the world on mobile phones, it's Daniel Dubois. I, I, I just think he's probably made for this kind of thing at the moment. I think it's I think a, a good... No. Sorry, go on. Sorry, no, go on, Tom, Steve. You speak, but... Tom, you're, the, you're our guest. People want to hear you go more on. than me. yeah. I think, yeah, as you said, it's just a good chance for him to showcase how good he's going to be the structure, structure punch he is. And 
you know, he was knocking people out left, right, and centre, really, until he come, come up against Joe Joyce. And I think I was I was quite surprised how, how easily Joe Joyce dealt with him. And I think I had a better than me, but you know, I still think he can come back and he can, he can he's definitely got the attributes to become a world champion. So yeah, that's a good good chance for them to get out over over in uh, America and you know start spreading his name out there. You know, I think it's a sensational move um, by Frank Warren and his team, whoever's, you know, moved to make this happen. You think it's a two-fight deal. To get on Showtime, you've got to appreciate. If you're in the 90s, John, I mean, we're going back now because I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older than you, John. You're older than Tom. If you got on Showtime, you'd cracked it, you know, yeah. and you think, what show? I'm going to give you another couple examples of what, being on Showtime, how big it means. People about YouTube and all that. Forget the Jake Paul thing. Being on Showtime, look what that did for Ricky Hatton, Joe Calzaghe, even helped Frank Bruno make his name in America. It this is absolutely huge this weekend for Daniel Dubois. And if if he has a couple fights over there and wins, and he as you say, he's delivering a highlight real knockout, John. People in America will fall in love with him. And the loss to Joe Joyce will be forgotten. Instead, there'll be a clamour. It will. It won't be forgotten by us. And um, but you know, it, it, it's as you say, a no-brainer and a fantastic move. Um, round five. We you know we've been to America. There, um, a little bit about a fight that's gone under radar this weekend. Um, Leon Woodstock challenging Anthony Kakachi for the brilliant British fight, super featherweight title fight. I think this is an absolutely brilliant match and it, ju it just seems to have slipped under the radar. I know we're not going to get these sort of fights in the mainstream media, but it, I'm not even seeing it discussed on Twitter or Facebook or on discussion boards. I think this is an absolutely brilliant, brilliant fight. And I think we're going to be talking about a potential fight of the year. I know, you know, they've both been out a long time, so that sort of levels that side of things up again. And Leon Woodstock, He's one of the toughest guys in domestic boxing. I think it's Barry Jones says he reminds him of an 80s fighter. The fact that he fights absolutely at anybody. I just think how this fight's gone under the radar is really hard on, on these two fights. And, you know, you've got Kakachi who cannot afford another a, a loss. If he loses now, Kakachi at 32, given the postponements for this fight, and he's pulled out a couple of times, it's going to be very hard for him to get back in. You know, he, he's got to deliver now. Whereas Leon Woodstock, this could be his, the, the, you know, his last chance to become a name. You know, he's, you know he, the two defeats he's had, he showed plenty of um, balls, shall we say, in them against Archie Sharp and, and Zelfa Barrett. I just think it's a sensational fight. I just wondered how you guys see it's going. I, I think Kakachi edges it, by the way. Yeah, I, I do myself. I think, uh, I think Leon Woodstock, he was hard property when he was punching everyone out, uh, knocking everyone out and, you know, looking quite devastating. And I think when he come up against uh, Archie Sharp, was it, and then Zelfa Barrett, he, he just showed he can, he can be outboxed. And I think Kakachi is, like, is probably better than the best of, best of them all. You know, he, he dealt with Sam Bowen, which I was really surprised with because Sam yeah. Bowen was looking devastating, really. Um, but, yeah, I think he's a bit, he's a bit too clever, Kakachi, and I think he'll, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll find a way to win. Yeah, I, I, I think it. I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. I think it might end up being a painful one for Leon. You know, um, Archie and Zelfa, they knew what, how to beat Leon, and they were very, very disciplined, weren't they? Kakachi strikes me as a type who will actually want to get involved. Um, from speaking to people like Jamie Quinn, who've been in with Kakachi, apparently he punches phenomenally yeah. hard. You know, it's it's something. Yeah. 
everyone who's been in. Frampton, I know, thinks he punches hard as well. Qu- Jamie Quinn, he's hard as nails, isn't he? And he sat yeah. down after a round. He, you know, he was too badly done. Um, but one thing you know about Leon is he's going to come and come and come and come until the fight's over. And I'm with you, Steve. I think it's going to be a great fight. Yeah, Fra- Carl Frampton says it's the hardest he's ever been punched. It's amazing. I haven't got his record next to me, but I think it's something like 17 inside the distance wins out of these 19 victories. So it doesn't suggest that, but I've got to stop. Uh, Sixth and final round over to Mr. Tom Farrell, who's talking about the heavyweight fight we hope we're going to see in sooner rather than later. Next year. Next year. Sometimes, surely, Joshua, I just, I think when it first got announced, was it what about a year ago? Uh, that it was signed, sealed, and delivered. I, I just refused to believe it. Really, I wasn't getting hyped up and wasn't listening to all the all the uh, the, the, the smoke that was getting blown about. It. And he made for all talk about it. Couldn't wait for it. But I just, I think I just refused to be, to believe it was going to happen. And I think it's probably proved me right that this has blew up. And you know, I don't know about you, but do you, do you think think it's going to happen? Can you see it happening? Because obviously, there's a big stumbling block now. In Joshua's got to beat Yusuf, who's, I think he's going to give him, give him the toughest test yet, to be honest. You know what? I was like your mates when it was all got signed and sealed. This is going to happen. We're going to have the fight that British heavyweight boxing wants, you know, British boxing wants the first time ever in history. We've had the number one and number two heavyweight in the world. I thought it was going to happen. I'm at a stage now where if I was having, if you gave me a free five pound bet that it's going to happen in the next 12 months, I'd bet it's not going to happen. I've just got this feeling that it's yeah. another one that might get away, you know, or one that might get away from us almost like, you know, uh, you know, but you know, the biggest fight to get away from boxing since Lewis Bowes, the professionals went away, you know, he's got, um, Joshua's got a tough fight against you sick. Then, you know, he could have a mandatory stuck on him, you know, look what, and, and Fury's got a really hard fight against Deontay Wilder. I yeah. know what happened in the last fight, but what Fury only having a seven-week camp, he's had a lot of issues outside the ring, and it's fantastic that he, his babies, it seems to be on the men now. I, I, I've just got this gut feeling it's going to be another one knows that never happened. Something's going to happen to one yeah. of them, or, you know, there'll be more delays, and Joshua might go and take a mandatory somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it will happen eventually, but I don't think it'll be as big as it is now. If you see what I mean, I maybe one of them loses, maybe all the titles aren't on the line, maybe Fury disappears for another 18 months and it's the great comeback fight. Ah, what a shame it'd be, you know. I remember being on this when we first started and we thought it was done, didn't we? You yeah. know, we couldn't wait for the end of the year in Dubai. We, we thought we were going to finally get the big fight, but I'm not willing to give up on it yet, but I'm with you. I'm just edging towards, I think something's going to happen. And like you, I think the Deontay Wilder fight's a lot more difficult than uh, Usyk. Yeah, I, I, used to, I just sort of been let, you know, look, we, you know, we, people got about thing that, you know, you get people say, particularly, you know, the casual, shall we say, um, the, or the occasional fan, oh, these big fights never happen. You know, most of them we do get eventually, you know, we do get, but this, this is one, I've just got this feeling something's going uh, something is going to happen to one of them or one of them could go missing. One could suddenly get a mad offer to fight someone else from somewhere in the world because boxing's going crazy at the moment. We, you know, we, we, you know, it's so unpredictable. The landscape at the moment, just look at promoters who are cropping up and everything and TV deals. It's, it's most unpredictable I can ever remember being. It's becoming more and more 
diluted. We know the best aren't fighting the best in TV fights because A's with beat one fighter's with them, another fighter's with another. And I've just got a gut feeling this is one that's going to get away. And if it does, as you say, John, it'll be when one of them's beat or there won't be four belts on the line. But how galling it will be that these two aren't meeting now when all four belts are on the line, when British boxing's got one and two in the heavyweight division, when there's no argument with that fact. Yeah. It'd be massive, wouldn't it? The best. There you go. That's the end of it. We've gone over there, but we always go over on the last round. Well, Tom, thanks for joining us. Just, um, well, what are we, 10, 11 days before your return to the ring? Yeah. Are you getting a few nerves returning to the ring? Because you're usually pretty busy and you've had this layoff. I know, I know. It's been uh, the longest. It's the longest I haven't boxed up for since the very first start when I, when I was uh, when I was a kid. So yeah, it's been it's been ages, but I've been totally excited. And just can't wait to get in. Actually, have a fight now. It's uh, and now it is coming around quick. I think uh, I think yeah, the nerves will start setting a little bit now. And you know, I think I think you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be sad. And when you're on a day, it's actually it's happening. This is it. It's going off. So yeah, they. But as I said, I'm looking forward to it. I can't, can't wait to get back on yours and then hopefully push on from there then get in some decent fights. And I can't, can't let you go, Tom, without asking you one more thing. Um, Akeem Ennis Brown and Sam Maxwell, you know, it's your division, Sam's from your place. Yeah. That's another great fight this weekend. What are you, what are you thinking there? Do you know what? We made this military section before and said, do you reckon? I was like, do you know what? Proper 50-50. Um, being a scouser, I want I want Sam Maxwell to to go and do the job, um, and you know I don't I've, I've never really baited in a spar, but he is just so awkward and effective. You know he's he he made he give it he give Phil Bowles a proper awkward night, and you know he's a ticket customer himself. He give give me a bit of a hard time, so yeah, he is a I think he he is probably probably a bit underrated as well in a spar because he's he's not the best the best on the eye. Um, but he is so awkward, so it, it it's just whether Sam can can deal with that awkwardness. You know, we definitely got the the edge in power, and you know, we he's, he's sharp Sam. So hopefully he does do the job, and you know, he, he, he puts a good performance in. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna start with Sam Maxwell anyway. He's gonna, gonna stick stick by uh, my fellow scouts. Yeah, well, good... he's from Prescott. I don't have that because Sam, I can tell you this, you know, as you can tell, I'm from a little bit further south, as you can tell. S Sam Maxwell was born in Hackney in the east end of London. So I'm having him as a Cockney fighter. Yeah, he's, and he tells he's still me got Hackney, that little Yeah, and I tell you what, and the Hackney Gazette even rings him up, the weekly newspaper rings him yeah. up before every fight and does a feature on him. So Sam Maxwell is a Londoner. Well, and I'll, and yeah, I'll claim him because he's training two miles down the road <laughs> at the same gym in Manchester. Of course, well, at your gym, your well, favourite gym, you're always popping into. So, well, uh, well. <laughs> Tom, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Um, thanks, been good having you. And I'm dare say, Woody, I'm find us another VIP boxer next week. Thanks for giving us your time anyway, Tom. And thank you, thanks, John. And thanks, everyone who's tuning in this week. All the best, everybody. Ciao, boys. Cheers, later. Cheers, mate. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across the north, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. <laughs>